0: generation that will we believe not taste of death but will be changed in these very atoms into immortality amen let's sing that song kind of fits right with what i was thinking i'm thinking of the rapture when the redeemed are gathering in amen we're amen. i am thinking of the rapture in our blessed home on high When the redeemed are gathering cause enough to shout even now amen to think of it that we who were born into this world that god has come down and redeemed us and made us worthy to be part of the rapture my oh my oh my oh my think of it amen hallelujah won't it be wonderful there having no burdens to bear Won't it be wonderful there, having no... Maybe we can stand together and we'll prepare to go to the Lord in prayer tonight. As we do that, maybe we could sing, uh, come by here, my Lord, come by here. Just before service, I was thinking of this song and preparation as we prepare to go to the Lord in prayer. And I was just praying that the presence of the Lord would come into every dwelling place, that is connected to us and with us, even this evening. That the Lord would just hear our prayer and come by our way. Amen. Let's start with the first verse. Come by here, my Lord. Come by remember our uh, local assembly in prayer we just remember sister Bev Charman and sister Rena Witt and different ones that are in need of touch from the Lord and I just continue to remember Brother Ron Spencer and there's many that are sick in the body of Christ but we have a great God and a great physician that is our very present help in the time of trouble. We're so thankful that we can go to him in prayer and believe that when we pray, he hears and he is preparing to meet our need. Amen. Let's just go to the Lord in prayer. Dear Heavenly Father, we thank you, O God, for this time together, Lord. We come together, Lord God, in the best way that we can, Father, to glorify your holy name, Lord Jesus to lift up your name and let everything and every person that hath breath, Lord, may they just lift up your name tonight, Lord Jesus, in praise and adoration and worship unto thee, O God. O God, you came to us, Lord, when we could not come to you, Lord. You provided for us, Lord, when we had need oh God before we even had need Lord you had already provided Lord oh God we're so thankful Father that in you Lord Jesus we find that great fountain of life those waters Lord waters of life in you Lord Jesus we find truth Father we find your spirit oh God and we can worship you in spirit and in truth Lord You've revealed your word unto us, O God, and raised us into such a place, Lord Jesus, that we can recognize, Lord, where we are in you, Father, and who we are in you, Lord, and our relationship with you, Father. and it's all because you have restored unto us the real revealed word, Lord, the original word, Father, through Malachi 4, O God, through this message, Lord Jesus. And we're so thankful, Father. Lord, we come into your presence tonight. We come humbly, Lord. But we come with the bleeding word, Father. We come with a sacrifice, Father. Into your presence, Lord God. Oh, Lord Jesus, you are the the high priest that makes intercession upon our confession, Lord. We confess, oh Lord, that by your stripes that we are already healed, Lord that you are the healer of all of our afflictions and all of our diseases, Lord. And we bring before you these needs in our midst, O God. Lord Jesus, have your way, O God. You are the healer, Lord. You are the great physician, Lord. We pray that you drop down even now, O God, even in this service, Father. Maybe when the word goes forth, Lord Jesus, our faith could reach out, Lord, Lord. Brothers and sisters could reach out in faith, Lord. Oh, God, and hold on to the promise and receive, oh, God, the desire of their hearts, Lord. Receive healing in their bodies, Lord God. Have your way tonight, Lord Jesus. Lord God, we pray for our brother Michael as you would come and minister, Lord. We pray that you'd give him liberty, Lord. Pray that you'd give him leadership, Father. Pray that you'd anoint him, Lord Jesus. Anoint his lips, O God. Lord, And when you'd come here to speak, Father, that you would drop down and just take over the vessel, Father, and minister the words of eternal life unto your children, Lord. We've come here, Lord, not to hear a man, O God, but we've come to hear from you, Lord. We have great expectation and we're in great anticipation, Lord, For what you have in store for us, Lord. We're waiting upon you, Lord Jesus. We've set ourselves aside tonight, O God. We've set this service aside for you, Father. We're giving it to you, Lord Jesus. And we pray that you'll have your way now, even now, O God. Have the preeminence, Lord God, we pray. We ask this humbly in the name of our Lord Jesus Christ. We give you all the glory and all the honor and all the praise, Lord, for you are worthy. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Praise God. You can have your seats this evening. and We're going to call on our brother Michael to come and uh, get ready to minister. But maybe before he comes, we can sing Lily of the Valley. Let your sweet aroma fill my life. Lily of the valley, let your sweet aroma fill my life. Rose and Sharon show me how to grow in beauty in God's sight. A reflection of your life Day stars shine down on me Let your love shine Bye.
1: That's what we're here for tonight. That's the only one that can do that. Revelate us, Lord, tonight. Maybe something in your word I've never seen before. You can speak to me. Amen. And that's what we're here tonight. I pray that's all of your prayer, whether in front of me on the the screen or on streaming. Lord, just lift up your hands this this evening and say, Lord, speak to me. And may it be something I've never seen before that now will just anchor in my heart. That can now carry me through the rest of my walk with him. Amen. Good evening. Good to see you all. My goodness, it is uh, echoing around me here. Not that it's your problem, Brother Matthew, but my, it's empty. Lord, help us.
0: <laughs>
1: First time I've got this big honking screen in front of me, so this is a bit of an adjustment. <laughs> so give me a few moments. My. But it's good to see you. Amen, it's good to see you. Don't be shy. I uh, usually sit up there and we're roaming around and I see all these little gray squares with names. And so I get to, I got the power of the microphone tonight, so I get to say, please, turn your camera on. Because it sure is better to look at a face than a great screen. So, don't be shy. I know if there's some situations or you've got whatever going on in the household, this I understand. But, uh, if you're needing a little extra courage, I'm gonna say, click the button. Because we love to see you. We're a body, and I wanna see your face. And so does everyone else wanna see your face. And so I encourage those that are streaming, Jump on Zoom, because we want to see you. We want to connect with you and know that you're out there. And uh, through this wonderful time, we've been in. <laughs> chuckle, chuckle. Amen. Well, a couple announcements. Just, uh, just listen a little close here. Uh, service on Sunday mornings is going to be moving back 30 minutes. And just uh, deacons have uh, discussed it, and they're just... One to give the, our precious saints in the U.S. side just a little bit more time in the afternoon <clears throat> to, uh, to be prepared for the evening service up at the camp. And so we're going to 10 o'clock a.m. in the morning. So please just make a note of that. I know Brother Richard, if you're listening, I don't see you on Zoom here. And, uh, but that I know will affect Sunday school a little bit on timing. So maybe just a little earlier, uh, for that and uh, we'll just adjust that for now just so that everybody has just a little extra half an hour hopefully that just helps a little bit more another a little um, event i know many all of us i'm sure know but the martin sister deanna are going to be uh, going to Florida to sojourn with Brother Danny Steeman, and uh, so we want to just give an opportunity to to say goodbye. I know it's difficult at these uh, during these times, but uh, chatted with Brother Martin and uh, the family. They're going to be at the at the Peace Arch Park at one o'clock on Saturday, and uh, they're going to be there. Uh, I know the weather might not be too nice, but from one to two, they just said they they wanted to make themselves available and, and just so they could say goodbye to anybody and uh, and uh, you if you wanted to greet them and, and uh, say goodbye, you're welcome to come by there. Please just keep it uh, you know short and, and sweet. Not a uh, this isn't a uh, an hour long with each person. It's just a little window of time to to say uh, to say how much they've meant to us and our prayers are with them. Amen. So that's at the park at one o'clock this Saturday. Amen. All right. Well, I think that's it. Musicians, appreciate that. We'll, we'll need you at the end. <laughs> God bless you. We're going to open our scriptures. You can all stand this, this evening. Now we're going to go to 2 Corinthians 4. And we're going to read a very familiar scripture. Four, seven, we'll go 4. I'm just going to read one verse, actually. My goodness, it's weird not hearing the rustling of pages, isn't it? My goodness. All right, I'm, I'm imagining there's no more rustling, and everybody's found the scripture. <laughs> All right, Second Corinthians 4:18. While we look not at the things which are seen, but at the things which are not seen, for the things which are seen are temporal, but the things which are not seen are eternal. Amen. What a wonderful scripture. Just one scripture I'm going to read. I'll read it again because we just have the one and it's not a long reading. While we look not at the things which are seen, but at the things which are not seen. For the things which are seen are temporal, but the things which are not seen are eternal. Amen. Let's just have a word of prayer. Heavenly Father, we've read your word. Your word is precious to us, Lord. Your word is life to us, Lord. Lord, we pray that the word giver, the giver of all life, Lord, would come and be present. Lord, in this building, in this sanctuary, in each home, in each room, Lord, in each, Lord, place, maybe some are even at work, some are maybe in a, in a car, maybe they're driving to work, Lord, whatever, wherever they may be, Lord, distance and place is not any hindrance to your presence. So I pray you are, you are near to each one tonight, Lord, and Lord, I just thought, before this service as we are praying, it is thought, Lord, may we could sit by you like the woman at the well. Lord, and you said to her, If I give you this water that I give you, you'll never thirst again. Lord, I just thought, Lord, give us a cup of living water tonight, Lord. So that someone, Lord, will never thirst again tonight. Lord, uh, the song just poured through me. Fill my cup, Lord. I lift it up, Lord. Come and quench this thirsting of our souls. And tonight, only your word can do this. So would you speak, not man, but Lord, would you speak words of life tonight. Lord, that could encourage and strengthen your people. In Jesus Christ's name, amen. Amen. You may be seated. God bless you. We're just going to speak a little bit on a very familiar scripture. I really wrestled with with how to even title tonight, and I I was uh, just wondering what what do I what do I sometimes for for me I, a title helps me focus, <laughs> and, uh, and so usually I try and find that early on because I like to try and keep my focus. But I I really struggled here, and I and I've just been thinking over the last weeks on what what really matters, what really matters, and what are we looking at, and so actually that's what I thought I'd title it. I was going to title it. What are you looking at? You know, it's a schoolyard. Sometimes they say, what are you looking at? You know, when someone gets, uh, you know, staring at them too long, what are you looking at? That's not what I'm saying. I'm saying, what are you looking at? And uh, what you're focused at? And so I just said, no, that's not where I'm going to go. I'm going to just speak on focused on the unseen. And so that's where we're going to speak on a little bit tonight, just uh, focused on the unseen. And so we read in the scriptures, while we look not at the things which are seen, that word in the Greek is actually blepo it's uh if i'm pronouncing it right but actually one of the one of the uh meanings in there is to perceive by the senses actually just to, to discover or to know by experience so it's it's uh we just say it's just with our eyes but it's actually even more than just our eyes we're looking not at the things which are seen or the things which actually our senses feel and what we discover uh with this with this uh with body we have but we look at the things which are are not seen and so we have we know human senses we have our feeling and our taste and smell and hearing and sight and so we have been given these five senses that the lord gave us in these bodies but paul is telling us we're not using these we're not using this is not what we we're looking at things which are not seen which we cannot feel with these senses here and these the the senses we've been given are extremely powerful uh, you can imagine if we didn't have touch That would just be actually super detrimental. In fact, it's extremely dangerous. If you didn't have touch, you wouldn't have pain. And, you know, we all hate pain, but pain is good. (laughs) Because pain actually protects you. Put your hand on a hot pot, and if you didn't have pain, you would burn your hand right off. Because pain gives you the reaction to pull your hand away and say, don't touch the hot pot. We teach our little kids that. And they actually don't have to teach them too much. They just touch it once and it's over. Because we feel, and we use these senses to actually... Go through, go through our life. Our, our senses are a connection to this world. We need them to perceive our environment around us. Uh, they help in our tasks such as driving. It'd be difficult to drive if we couldn't see, if we couldn't hear. Uh, talk to people, perform activities at work. All these, our senses are, our senses are essential for our enjoyment and all the experiences that we enjoy through life. Eating a meal, many people, that's so incredible, a high priority on their list of enjoyment. And if we didn't taste, that would be horrible. And, and some of you have uh, experienced that maybe on uh, through this portion of time, and you've lost your sense of taste and smell, and it's a very, very lame experience because everything's just just blah. You don't smell anything, you don't taste anything, and the desire to even eat and be nourished is kind of not there. You do it because you have to, because if you don't, you die. And so, you know, but but that taste, that that sense of taste, actually makes us, you know, desire to eat. And, and put our teeth into a stake, and so and our our senses are actually very closely connected to our emotions and our memories, and so they can have a very dramatic impact actually on how we feel. You know, think of hearing a song or a, or, a, or 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 um, seeing something, and you can actually brings back a whole memory of even an environment of where you were. You can hear something, you can bring back so many emotions and, and feelings of a certain moment because because of your senses, because they hear something or see something, and so. They're, they're very, they're very vital, but Paul is telling us we're actually not even using these things. We're, we're wanting, he says, that these things are, are what we do with our senses is, very, is all temporal. We'll go there, but you know, senses got us into trouble right at the beginning. But Abraham says, when God made man, He made him thus. He made him with this little certain compartment in, the, in man for his throne, his control tower, and God wants to lead man, but man wants to lead himself, and therefore there is war constantly. And man wants to go after what he sees with his eyes, and that's where he's deceived. That's where Satan deceived Eve, but what she could see. The fruit was pleasant to the eyes, what the scripture says, but it was death to the soul. And look at the disparity between the two. It was pleasant to the eye, but it was death to the soul. And so in some cases, in many cases, and here right at the beginning, our senses actually totally oppose the destination that we want to go our soul we don't want our soul to die and god so he says he continues god wants to lead man he made himself a little control tower in the midst of his heart so that man could be led by the spirit of god getting off on his own leading is what separated him from his fellowship looking what he could see with his eye and so here man was in trouble he says sons and god sons and daughters of god though are led by the spirit of god And you can notice, he says, a man or woman that tries to walk after the things of the world can never please God. Read that again. A man or woman that tries to walk after the things of the world, which is going to be everything driven by your senses, can never they never can please God. But a man or woman that will not look at the things of the world, but just go according to the leading of the Spirit... They're usually in the will of God. That is the great fight tonight. Satan took the eye, a man's head, to control him by his head, and God took his heart. God took his heart. And so now, Abraham says man's trying to achieve something with his head, and he's always supposed to achieve, but his, he's supposed to achieve by his heart. That's the control tower where God controls him and directs his thoughts, directs his walk, directs his emotion. is through his heart you know, through his heart. Amen. You know, and we spend so much time in this world building up via our senses who we are and what we look like. And we care so much about what people, what they use their senses for looking at us and building up our outward man or woman. And, uh, you know, at the end of the day, though, uh, God's not even looking at that. He doesn't really even care two nickels really about how good you look or how bad you look. He wants a simple, humble, pure heart. He, uh, uh, someone that has a heart for God. He looks at the heart of man. He looks at his faith. man, that's what he's looking at, because all of this, all that you're building up, everything about this body, everything about what these senses drive, Paul said, is temporal. And so your stature will fail, your mental capacities can fail, your strength will fail, your beauty will fail, everything that's related to this earthly body is going to fail. And it has an end. So not only is everything in this realm that are, you know, as far as our senses are concerned, it's contrary to the way the Lord wants to lead us. He wants to lead us with our heart. Satan's trying to drive us through our, through our eyes and our, and our senses and how we touch and feel. But it's also, not only that, it's also temporal, which Paul says these things which are seen are temporal. And we can get so tied up in the temporal aspects of life. It's in this area that our, we can, we really get consumed in our day to day. Our day to day is, uh, is everything we do, whether it's work or play or, or, for pleasure or for needs it's temporal temporal is a season a limited time it's fleeting it's temporary or it only lasts for a little while that's temporary so everything that you see with your eye right now everything just look around your room right now look at look at think about who you are what you do what you work how you know your hobbies your interests everything 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 is temporary it's but for a season. And we can get so wrapped up. We strain and strive. We build, we connive, we grow, we nourish, we strengthen every aspect of our life. We, we pour ourselves into, into our jobs and our careers. We go to school. Some put five, seven, eight, ten years into degrees and masters and PhDs. We go to, someone might go to their trade school and they spend three, four years or so trying to become a a journeyman or journeyman from their, from, through an apprenticeship. They try to become a master of their trade. We gain possessions. We, we, we put everything in. I'm sure there's a handful of you out there that were Maybe clicking trade on their Robinhood app and trying to get a get, make some gains in the you know, the whole AMC uh, issue and GameStop that's temporary. You could be I'm sure there's a whole lot of text going on. In fact, I know there's text going on all about it. And we're struggling and striving to try and gain something in this life. And we're working hard. We're buying homes. We're buying cars. We're doing all of this. It's temporary actually is just going to end at some point. It is for a season, as we've heard Brother Tom speak, eternity, going from eternity to eternity, because this is all temporary. And we can be so focused, our eyes looking at a certain purpose, at a certain aspect of our life, but I just want you to take a step back tonight and to say, does it really matter? Does it really matter? There's needs we have to live. We have to do these things. I understand that. But does it really matter? Is there, what aspects of our life does it matter? And I want you to just think about that. What, what am I focused on in my life right now? What am I doing in my life right now? And is it taking me away? Is my focus being taken away? Is it shifted? And am I looking at something that really, it just, it doesn't even matter? You know, we get in certain situations, especially with our, our little ones, there, as we're growing up in life and we go through it, And we get so focused on it. And, uh, sorry, I'm ditching my coat. This microphone is driving me nuts. Stand by. (laughs) I reset. (laughs) Now, we grow up, we go through through situations in life. And uh, maybe a certain squabble. Maybe something happens at school or at work or, you know, whatever it is. And it just becomes, everything just becomes focused on it. Your whole world just suddenly pinpoints on this one area, and uh, you know it, it kind of fades away. And, and you look back and that you're like, Wow, that really was that was pretty lame. I really uh, did, that didn't even matter. It becomes so petty. It's like, did I really get bothered by that? Right? It's beca- but we get focused on something, and and and, uh, and really in the grand scheme of things, it doesn't it doesn't really matter. And so you know that's why I'm saying let's just I just have been thinking about Lord, what really matters. What really matters where we are right now? There's so many things we could focus on and is taking our focus because it's right in our face. It's driving the world right now. But does it really matter right now? We're seeing the world falling apart. We're panic everywhere. There's crises, financial crises. Economies are crumbling. But at the end of the day, does it really matter to us? To a son or daughter of God? Does it really matter? This isn't my home. This world is not my home. I'm just passing through. Right? My treasures are laid up somewhere beyond the blue. Amen? So it, everything can happen where we're at, but I want to tell you it's all temporary. And so I want to focus now, Where? We, what are we looking at? Are we focusing on the seen realm? Or are our eyes focused on the unseen realm? For the unseen realm is eternal. The unseen realm is eternal, and I would want, Lord, I would want my focus to not be on something that's going to fade and pass and maybe become ashes, but to be on something that's going to take my soul into eternity. So, the things which are not seen are eternal. We know that God is eternal. Everything that comes from God is, is eternal, so if everything God Love, joy, peace, these are all attributes of God. And I was thinking, there were sitting in my chair at home, and I was just thinking of before everything, before the world, before anything, before nothing, just everything, here was God. And we say, well, he filled all time and space. That just is incredible. But there was nothing before, but just not even space, per se. The planets didn't exist, nothing existed Here was God, and he existed, and so did all of his attributes with him, because they're eternal. They are eternal. And so these things that were eternal with him, they're unseen, but they're eternal and everlasting. And Brother Brown says, I want to ask you something. Could you tell me what love is? So these are eternal. of God, we know that God is love, then that means love is eternal. Love never had then a beginning or an ending. Because it's God. It's, it's part of Him. Peace never had a beginning or an ending. Joy never had a beginning or an ending because that's all part of Him. It's His attributes and therefore it's eternal. And so we want to be looking at these things which are eternal. But He said, well, show me what love is, but our Branham said. He says, well, go and buy me, go down to the drugstore and buy me a quarter's worth of love. Well you can't, it's not seen. It's, it's not tangible. I can't do that. I, I can't go down and, and uh you know get me five bucks worth of joy. I'm low. I need to go to the store and buy it. You you can't do that. It's unseen. It's it's not it's not tangible like that. Right? But Abraham says, Well, show me what life is, what love is, and what personality is, what the Holy Spirit is, what God is. He said it's the unseen things that's real and lasting. These things are temporal and perishable, yet we put so much emphasis, so much concern about the natural things, and so little about the spiritual things. And that's what we just want to take our take our focus and, and shift that. Now to see that, to see the unseen, it takes faith. It takes eyesight of faith to see and penetrate into that unseen realm. Faith, we know, is the substance of things hoped for, the evidence of things not seen. You cannot be a Christian and have to see the thing, Brother Brown says. You cannot be a Christian and I have to see the thing. He says, no. The whole armor of God, he said, is is supernatural. Love, joy, peace, faith, long-suffering, goodness, meekness, gentleness, the Holy Ghost. It's all unseen. And the Christian doesn't look to what he sees with his eyes. He looks to what he sees with his faith. Amen. He looks to what he sees with his faith, how how vital faith is for a Christian, because if you don't have that faith, you aren't seeing anything that is unseen and anything that is eternal, because you need to have faith to see that. But Abraham says faith is based on forgiveness and trying to get the church into a place where we could really see apostolic times moving among us. That's what we all hunger, he says, and it's just laying right at the door. We see it, but we want more of it. That's what it takes, the perfect faith to ignite the power of the Holy Spirit, which we have now. Amen. Ignite the power. I said, Lord, he talks about, he says, you have the power. He says, you have it in you. You have the Holy Ghost in you. He says, you need, as he talks about a... a. uh uh, a, uh, or a shell, but he goes, you need the faith to activate it. And it says, so he, I, I was just thinking, Lord, we've got the power. We've got the grenade in your hand, but you need the faith to pull the pin and activate that. It's there, but it's faith. He goes, he had faith with his power. He said, um, he goes. I can do nothing in myself speaking. Why? He relied upon what he was speaking of Jesus. He relied in knowing that he was the word and he had faith in God who made him the word. He was God, the word, and they was in him. And that gave him faith because he understood his position. Amen. He understood his position. This is critical. And he knew what it was because the scripture had said he was this. And here every scripture tied in to prove that he was exactly what the scripture said he would be. And he knew what he was. Therefore, upon, he relied upon what, what God had made him. And if he did that, then can't we rely upon what God made us as believers? Amen. These signs, he said, shall follow them that believe. He had faith in what he was. And if you're a believer, you have faith in what you are and who you are. A believer. Amen. If our hearts condemn us, then we can't have faith. But if our hearts condemn us, then we have faith and we have confidence towards God. If you're a believer... If he knew exactly who he was, that's why knowing your position is so vital because then you can stand and you don't just have this inactive, uh, you don't have the, the Holy Spirit there inactive and not do anything. It takes faith to activate and you can do that by knowing exactly who you are in your position in Christ. You say, wait a second, I'm a believer. Right. And take that, that there should act, that's your faith there. Now stand on that and say, God can do anything through me, amen? That's what That's what he said. Jesus said he was the word and he knew that. Brother Brandon talks about the boy, the fin- uh, vision of the Finnish boy who raised the life. and he and he goes through it just exactly as the vision told, and so he goes through that, and he goes to God speaking in this day through vision. But this, he said, if that vision was contrary to this, the word, he said that would be wrong. All right, so we can, we listen to a lot of different quotes. You hear all the messages, and Brother Brandon vision after vision after vision. He said, "Wow, if that just if there was a vision for me, I could just have my faith to anchor in that, and it would be over." All right, don't tell me no one else has had that thought. Oh, if the Lord could just show me a vision. or say, no. He's just saying, listen now. He says, if that vision was contrary to the word, that would be wrong. This, the word, is more than the vision. If any vision's contrary to the word, leave it alone. If it ain't God, God don't contradict his own word. So, if this word told you something, if this word told you something, this is more than a vision because this cannot be wrong. Your anchor can be in that. It doesn't need to be in a vision because he said the vision could be contrary. He says then you can have the same confidence. Then what's going to happen? Hey, what's going to happen? The same thing as if he said in a vision, thus saith the Lord, this is this is going to happen. It's the same as the word saying, they shall lay hands on the sick and they shall recover. It's the same power in that word as if it was a vision because this cannot fail. It can never be contrary. So you can anchor and have confidence in the promises in the scripture just as much or more than if someone here had a vision of something and said, thus state the Lord, this and this is going to happen. You don't know. How do you know that that person didn't hear it from, from some an evil spirit of some sort? But you know that this is the word. You know you can have utter confidence in the promises of God. Amen. Amen. It says they should lay hands on the sick. He said, "You shall recover." Well, brother, if faith—that Peru faith—got a hold of that, when you passed by this prayer line, you'd be jumping and shouting until when you left here, it's over, it's over, it's finished. Amen. Hold on to the scriptures; they have so much power and confidence because it's the word that cannot fail. Glory. Amen. Let's get our eyes, look into that unseen realm, focused on what Brother Brown speaks, that sixth sense, and what that confirms. Brother Brown says, but we stumble at it. He says, it's not used enough. Think of it. It's not used enough. He says, we depend too much on the five. We depend too much on what our eyes see, what we hear, what we feel. And he says, faith, that sixth sense, it's laying dormant. And it's not used enough. Not used enough. I said, Lord, help us activate that faith. Surely we don't have that sitting there and just dormant and unused. That that we got too many needs to have faith sitting dormant. I challenge the church. If there's some dormant faith, it's sitting in your heart activate that. Stand on the promises of God. We have needs amongst us. We should not have any dormant faith sitting in our congregation. We should activate it. Say, Lord, we believe every promise is yea and amen. Amen, Sister Beth? We're believing for that. So, Lord, it's time to activate the power that God gave us. We're children of God. We're sons and daughters of God. We shouldn't be sitting here and having something sitting there. It's like having a $3 billion sitting in your account and living in a shanty. It's like, Why? You, you've got all the funds to have a mansion. But Abraham's saying, it's not used enough. So Lord, help us activate that faith in your word. And not let that sit in there. So if these people here in these wheelchairs and these cots, you that's sick to die, says, if you just hear the word of God tonight, don't try and figure it out. Don't think how long you've been sitting, how long you've been sick. Think about what God said. And there comes a pulsation of the Holy Spirit. It starts pulsating in you. He said, it's the truth. Devil says, How do you know it's the truth? He said, I know it's the truth because it's God's word, and God's word can't fail. And so it's the truth. Something starts to pulsate in your bosom, and it's the truth, it's the truth. He says, Then make ready. You're coming out of there. He says, Just as certain as I stand here in this pulpit tonight, don't look at what you see, how bad I'm crippled, how sick I am, what the doctor said. Don't look at that. That's a visual. That's what your eyes are seeing. That's temporal. That's of this earth. He says, Look to the unseen of what God said before you feel any different before you the pain leaves before the hand moves before the eye can see one sight yet make ready for it's going to come as long as that pulsation begins to rise in your bosom and your heart where God sets in that control tower he goes oh now I get religious about this time amen and to think the holy spirit can lead man tell them things make them act different make them believe things receive things that the world never could believe could happen he says i'm a witness He says, I was a blind man once, practically had to be led, so I know what I'm talking about spiritually. Amen? He said, that's the Holy Spirit. Oh, can't you feel that pulsation of the Holy Spirit begin to rise in your heart, saying, Jesus Christ is in our midst. Wherever there are two or three gathered in my name, I'll be in their midst. Amen? He says, pulsation something moving like a heartbeat. Boom, 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 boom. It starts going. He says, it's pumping energy to your spirit. It's pumping energy to your mind. Then you let things that your eye, He says, then let the things that your eyes see black out. Just black out. Ignore it. That you see not the things of the world you're believing what god said amen let the things that your eyes see black out and let your faith sense go beyond the scene beyond what you feel beyond the hurt beyond the pain beyond the symptoms here's a quote for you the unseen realm it has no time and space we've been here we're hearing this so this we've we've been getting a, some very good preaching on eternity. The unseen realm has no time or space. There's no beginning and there's no ending. There's none. There's no, well, maybe it'll happen tomorrow. Nope. That doesn't exist in eternity. There's no tomorrow. It's no, well, it didn't happen two years ago. There's no two years ago in eternity. It's just right now. But Abraham says, and if the Spirit that was in Christ dwell in us, it's the same thing it takes every divine promise of God that's in his bible and calls it present tense <laughs> every divine promise of God and calls it present tense right now it's not well it might happen tomorrow or you know what it hasn't happened no it's it's right now there's there's nothing you're just in the process of the manifestation of it it's going to happen god god heal it. Calvary in god's eyes it was, it's just now. It's now. It's present. God's promises are present. Amen? Never, don't, don't think, well, it, you know, it just won't happen. It, it didn't happen because it, it you know, it, it's been so, so long. There's no, so long. There's no, there's no, there's no time in God's, in God's eyes as far as His promises to you. It's just now. Accept it as now and walk in it and it'll happen. Amen? So let's take a little shift want to focus on what matters maybe just take a look at a hand, different ones that looked at different things and we'll just see, just, just walk through some examples in scripture because that's what we go on scripture and it can strengthen us and we can look at we might hear certain certain accounts in the bible and we can hear them time and time and time again but it's eternal and its truth and they're there for us to dig into and and, and to and to, to build us up And maybe one day you're like, oh, that that story didn't do nothing for me. Then you're reading like, wow, that's exactly what I need because His Word is everlasting and it's eternal and it'll always, always meet the need. Amen? The Word, the Word's not, it's not, it's it's old school. No, it's present. It hits every aspect of our lives, whether it was 1800s, 1700s, the 1000s, the 2nd century, 21st century. I don't really care where it is. The Word will meet it every single time. So don't think you teenagers or whoever, well, it's, you know, the Bible is ancient and and it doesn't really understand what I'm going through. No, it's worked for every single age from the dawn of time. And it will go right into eternity because the Word actually never had a beginning and ending. And so it's going to fit your need every day of the week, every month of the year. Amen? Amen. Amen. So scripture says Mark 18:30 uh, sorry Mark 8:36 says what shall it profit a man if he gain the whole world puts his whole focus in this temporal aspect of what we call the world and lose his own soul what shall it profit a man rich young ruler had his eyes set on earthly gains and he was good he was good he had all the commandments hit. Boom, 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 boom. He was a perfect child. I can imagine raising up. And he just wanted to do everything just exact. And I'm sure he studied the law. And he studied it so perfect. He kept all those commandments. And Jesus, the Scripture says, then Jesus beholding him, loved him. We know this story. We know this account. And he said, One thing thou lackest, go thy way, sell whatsoever thou hast, and give to the poor. And thou shalt have treasures in heaven. I can't imagine the rich young ruler standing there. And he's looking. Or and he's staring Jesus Christ. Eye to eye. We would, we would do anything to be standing physically seeing God. Eye to eye. And probably very close. And he missed the word for his day looking right at him. Because his eyes, though his temporal, his, his physical eyes and his desires were so focused and couldn't relinquish the gains of this temporal world because he had so much. And here he's looking at Christ and he couldn't look past And see, eternity was staring him straight in the face and he was so focused on gains that he turned and walked away. Think of it. I just, I just, I can't even. Brother Branham says, what? Where is his next look? He looked out of hell. Is what Brother Brother Branham said. He says, that's exactly judgment come. I said, what a horrible situation to be staring Christ right in the face and miss him. Lord, help us now. Face to face. Stared eternity right in the face. And because his eyes were so focused on the gains of this life. The Roman centurion. I thought of him. And these are different different ones that Abraham talks about in the different messages. and Just thinking of different ones. He looked. the same. There he stood. Jesus on the cross. They were hung before him. Maybe whether he'd pierced his side. I don't know. It just says the centurion. And he said... Surely, this man was the son of God. But Abraham says he looked to see what he had done. But it was too late then. It was too late then. I wouldn't want to be looking... And then be like, oh, distracted, dealing with his, whatever his, his jobs were and whatever. But at the moment when he suddenly peeled his, his, his focus off of what he was doing. And he looks at all the events transpiring around him on the crucifixion uh, afternoon. And he took a moment. He said, wow, surely this was the son of God. Brother Branham says it was too late. He looked at the unseen too late couldn't see it he friends america is doing that too he says they're going to look someday and say truly that was the son of god but it will be too late they laughed made fun for the last time he could only look and see where he could have been saved but it was too late then he had crucified the prince of life my horrible situations he said lord's Save us from that. Save our children from that. Save our families from that. That they would not be looking just too late. thought of the Nicodemus. Pharisees. So restricted because they couldn't see through that veil. They couldn't see through the veil of flesh into that other realm. And they were so stuck at the limits of their senses. They didn't have the eyes of faith. You know, even... I'm just struck with the scripture. It says, Then the same came to Jesus by night and he said, Rabbi... We know thou art a teacher from God. They even, they admitted it. We know you're a teacher from God. No man can do these miracles that thou doest, except God be with him. And so they they recognized, obviously, something, but they couldn't get past their traditions and what they were, what the, the Pharisees were so caught up in, is in their image and who they were, and to actually see past that it wasn't just oh he was just a a sent from god or something but he was actually was god in flesh and they couldn't see past that they needed the faith to see into that unseen realm and they couldn't do it jesus said "Except a man be born again he cannot see but abraham says understand and it takes faith to do that the kingdom of god thief on the cross a thief on the cross my now here we have a centurion down here and he's he's on the same at the in the same moments of time same moments of time and here now though is a thief on the cross and he's hanging there and one has gotten here too late and the other has been hanging there in utter pain and agony one has been railing on him and they're, they're in the moments of their death and here that thief he looks over and what did he see Oh, God gave him eyesight to see. Can you imagine he's seeing blood and he's seeing a crown of thorns and he's seeing the blood everywhere and the whippings and the beatings that Christ endured. And the thief is there on the cross and he looks over with his head. He looks over and he says, remember me. Remember me. That's all he had to say in his moment of need. His eyes, God opened his eyes to see that is the son of God. That's Jesus Christ, something, all he said. He didn't say, thou art the Christ. He didn't say, you are the son of the living God. He didn't say, you're God, you're Jehovah. He didn't say any of that. He didn't say any of that. He said, and he said unto Jesus, Lord, remember me when thou comest into thy kingdom. Mine. I don't know what situation you might be in. Maybe you feel like you're on the cross somewhere. And you were, he, was a, he was obviously a bad man. He was obviously did some horrible things to deserve crucifixion back in those days. Uh, so I don't really care what you did or what your circumstances are. But if you can just turn your head, wherever you are. He had to turn his head. He could probably hardly move. But he turned his head over. He said, Lord, remember me when you come into your kingdom. Oh my goodness. Today you will be with me in paradise. That fast, amen? Today, you'll be with me in paradise. That's the look you want to have. Look past everything, all the horrible aspects of your life, all the difficult circumstances, all the horrible situations, and just say, Lord, remember me. I can tell you, with eyes of faith like that, when you can recognize Jesus Christ, he will remember you because we have scripture. Today, you'll be with me in paradise. Amen. Peter walked on water. His eyesight got on the circumstances. Took his eyes off Christ for but a moment. And he started to go down. <laughs> don't take your eyes off of Christ. Hey Amen. I don't really know what he, Lord, is that you? Is he going to call me out? He thought it was a, a ghost or something like that. Well, if he bids me come, I'm going to come. And here he goes. He gets his eyes straight on him. And Okay, here he goes. He gets out of the boat. And he starts to walk on the water. What a moment that would have been. Wow. His faith is soaring. He takes that step. He starts walking on water. And it didn't take but a handful more. And the tempests were raging. And he got his eyes on the situation. And the waves that are about to take him out. And started to sing, Lord, help. Keep your eyes on Jesus Christ. Amen. Not on the natural things of this world. That wave was a natural wave. It was a natural situation. It was a circumstance that he was under. I don't, and you might have a a wave in your life, but the point is keep your eyes stayed on him. Amen. La Fontaine sang a song that way. Moses. Abraham talks about Moses and he looked as he looked out his window and he saw, he saw the, children of israel and i was just pondering that different things Brother abraham talked about and he, he looked and he saw, looked past the flesh he looked past the p- flesh and he saw the promise pharaoh looked out he looked and he saw a bunch of slaves just a bunch of mud daubers right but moses they're sitting in probably the same palace at some point and they're looking at the same thing and seeing two different results two different ends because pharaoh did not have the ability to see past this temporal realm. But Moses was looking past the, past the mud, past the whips, past everything. He says, I see a promise of deliverance. I see a chosen people. That's what he could see with his eyes. Amen. And I just hear Moses forsakes the riches of, 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 the kingdom. And I just said, so what a type. Jesus forsook the riches of glory. Because he could see down to you. He could see down. No, that's not, not just a serpent seed. That's my son and that's my daughter. And I can see past that. Satan is, I mean, he doesn't, he doesn't see that at all. He doesn't, he just says, no, they're, they're, they're bound for hell. They're, they're, no, he says, no, that's mine. And so Moses forsook all the glory of, of Egypt and he went down and started muck, mucking with the mud, mucking in the mud there. That's what he did. Because he saw something that was beyond the eyes. He could see this was God's people and he identified himself with them. Scripture says, by faith he forsake Egypt, not fearing the wrath of the king, for he endured as seeing him who is invisible. It took eyes to see past, vis- uh, eyes of faith to see him who is invisible. But Abraham says, notice when he weighed in the balance to a man, none of you had that kind of opportunity tonight, saying, here Moses, weighing in the balance, but if you did, what choice would you make? But Abraham's saying, what choice do you make here? You've got all the riches of Egypt in its glory, and you've got the mud pits. And the whip. This is what Moses actually had to weigh out. Would you what would you look at? The temporal riches? Or the eternal promise that he was not seen. That he had, he had eyes of faith to see. There was a whole lot of struggles that they're going through, but he could see past all of that with eyes of faith. The best the world could give, and here was the worst that religion could give. What saying. But yet the worst religion could give outweighed the best the world could give. So it is tonight to any man or woman that will forsake the things of the natural eye and the carnal mind and receive Christ into their heart. It will outweigh anything the world can give. Amen. For what can outweigh eternal life? Nothing. There's nothing that can do it. And I'm so happy that I've seen the balance. Certainly. Glory. Amen. There's Moses taking the weight, taking the op- options, choice. And you're saying, no, no. I can see in eternity and that far away the temporal riches of Egypt and the short span that he would enjoy it. And So did Jesus look down out of that in that realm and look down before the foundation of the world and in the muck of sin that you are going to be in but you are part of him. And he said you're worth it. You're worth it. I'm willing to let all glory go i will bear the cross because you're worth it because you're a part of Him. Amen. Amen. All right. Lots of examples. You can think of Elisha and Gehazi. What were they looking at? My goodness, there was Elisha. <laughs> They were, I love that. I love the, I love the, uh, the story and the scripture says, who, the king said, who on earth, who's the spy in our midst is what he asked. And he said, there's no spy here, but there's a prophet that can see what you're saying in your bedchamber. (laughs) <laughs> glory because there's a god that can see through that unseen realm that he can see exactly what you're doing don't think you can hide i don't care what you think you're doing because god can pierce into whatever realm you're in and he knows exactly what you're doing in your bedchamber. so don't think ah no one knows what i'm doing no the king of syria he was fuming and he sent his army out because there was a prophet in the land that knew exactly what was going because god told him what it was and that same god is here today so he can t- he knows exactly what you're doing in your bedchamber. Anyways, off topic. That was extra. Scripture says, Then they came in and encompassed the city, because he was after Elijah, or Elisha, sorry. And so they came in and compassed uh, encompassed the city, and here they are, and said, Fear not. Sorry, chariots of the city, both horses and chariots, and his servant said unto him, Oh, my master, what shall we do? And he answered, no, 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 it's okay. Fear not. They that be with us are more than they that be with them. And here he's looking around. I don't know what you're talking about, but it's pretty dead empty. A lot of horses and chariots, and there's nobody here. He's looking with the carnal eye. He's looking with eyes of this flesh, and all he sees is nothing. And he's caught in that circumstance, and he's saying, oh, no, master. Fear not. Elisha, pleads, Lord, I pray. Open his eyes. That he may see. And the Lord opened his eyes of the young man and he saw and behold the mountain was full of horses and chariots of fire round about Elisha. Glory! You, if God can just open your eyes so today, you can see. I don't care what your situation. Lord, open your eyes to know there's more for you than against you right now. It might look like you are encompassed about with a host of the demons about trying to drive you down, trying to get you. They're they are upset. They're mad. They're going to take you, They're wanting to take you out. Just say, fear not. The Word is saying, fear not. There's more for you than against you. Amen? There you can stand there. Forget the symptoms. Forget the circumstances. And then may your eyes be opened spiritually to know that God and the host of heaven is more for you than against you. Amen, but his eyes spiritually came open and the whole mountains full. See, it was different when his eyes came open. Glory. Amen. Amen. It don't matter what's going on. Maybe some struggles, even in your bedchamber. Maybe it's clouds of doubt. Maybe it's depression. I know what it is in your little room. Something. I don't really care because God sees into your bedchamber and it doesn't really matter where it is. There's a host of heaven that's encompassed about you that can defeat and will defeat anything the enemy has that's trying to encompass you and take you and tear you down. Amen. You remember that. You go to you go to the scripture. You go to 2 Kings 6 and you just plaster that on your wall. There's more for me than against me, devil. Amen. My, all right, Jonah, Jonah, he had situations, you know, he didn't even look though, what a speed through a couple of these last, last ones, Jonah, he didn't even, he, Brother Bram says he's backslid, hand and foot bound, thrown in the tempest, swallowed up by circumstance, he was swallowed up by circumstance, deep, deep, deep into the water, deep in a situation, deep in sin, maybe. You can't see nothing. But faith welled up. Jonah refused to see anything that was contrary. He was down in the belly of the whale, in the bottom of the sea, and he said, that won't hide me. He said, once more, will I look towards your holy temple? What he was he looking at? He actually couldn't even see the temple, but he's seen the promise made by the temple. Amen. He's seen the promise. He didn't need to see. He didn't have to see anything with his eyes. He could be in the depths, of deepest despair, because I probably would have been too, in a muddy, or a, a seaweed infested, fish foul smelling, pit of a belly of a whale, and here he was, he didn't really care the situation, he says, no, 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 there's a promise, I'll read you the promise, if they sin against thee, and thou be angry with them, and deliver them over to their enemies, and carry them away captives unto a land afar off, Yet if they bethink themselves in the land. Whither they are carried captive. And turn prey unto thee in the land of the captivity. Saying we have sinned. We have done amiss. And have dealt wickedly. If they return to thee with all their heart. And with all their soul in the land of their captivity. whether they have carried them captives. And pray toward their land. Which thou gavest unto their fathers. And toward the city which thou hast chosen. And toward the house which I have built. For thy name. Then. Hear thou from the heavens, even from thy dwelling place, their prayer and their supplications, and maintain their cause, and forgive thy people, which have sinned against thee. That was the promise that Jonah was hanging on to. He said, I know there's a prayer. Solomon made a prayer. And there's a temple. I just need to believe in the promise. I don't even know which way it is. But he prayed. He had an anchor on that promise. And he knew, my situation is over. Because the promise will hold true and fast. Amen. My, wherever two or three are assembled in my name, I am there in their midst, and whatever they ask, they shall receive. If they could only see it and first move, move right into it, Brother Brown says, don't wait any longer what you looking for. Amen. Hold fast to the promise. Whether you see the temple or not, Jonah held on to the promise that was there. Bram says, just a bunch of lying vanities is what the symptoms were, the whale's belly. Symptoms, lying, vanities, don't receive them. All right. whole lot of things happened in Noah's day. Different ones looking at different things. Scoffers were had a whole lot to scoff about. And here was this massive ark. You could have called it in their, their eyes. They probably thought it was something extremely absurd according to their current modern-day thinking, because, of course, there had been no rain. So what is this thing? What is this thing? The unbelievers in the days of Noah, what did they see? He said, a fanatic blundering away on what he called a boat. That's all they seen. They seen the visible realm. They could not see into the unseen realm. They could not see the vision that no one had and knew that it was rain coming because God had told him rain was coming. The very boat itself was constructed by a vision from Almighty God, Brother Bram says. The very thing he was pounding on, his message he was preaching, he was constructing by his message, bearing record that he was righteous and he was looking forward and he lived what he preached. So here were all the scoffers and all the mockers and all they saw was a big Absurd boat. But all but eight people saw past the senses of this day, of this realm. All but eight. And it loomed before them day in and day out for years and years. And I just thought, what, Lord? In our day, is it looming before us of what you're doing in our day? And it's looming there before you, before us, before us. What a small group that actually could see past that realm of this, of, the, of just this temporal realm. And they could see that ark was their way to safety. And so in that, in that thought I was pondering what matters eternally today now in our midst these are scriptures and we look at different ones that have looked at, looked at situations looked at circumstances looked at what they're what situations they are in some looked and couldn't see into that unseen realm some had faith and they could penetrate like the thief on the cross and different ones could see past and reach and take a promise for their situation in their day but what about now what about in our day now but Abraham says, we can discern communism, we can discern everything else, but I wonder if we can discern the portion of the word that's lauded by God for this day. I wonder if we can see it. See the sign that God told us would be here on the earth at this day. He says, I wonder if we do. And I just read the question to the Lord, I wonder if we are. Help us. Help us see. Give us the faith we need. Different, whoever. I know, I know, I know there are many that, that have and are seeing and are catching the day of our word for this hour, but I'm just challenging maybe different ones, maybe younger ones that are just kind of just coasting along, older ones that are coasting along. There is no coasting right now. There was a time when that ark was there. It came down to the short strokes. Coasting wasn't an option. You got either in or you're out and you're done. And we're we're coming down to short strokes, saints. We're coming to short strokes, even at our home. My wife and I, we were talking and there's an urgency saying, oh God. We need our families to see this. We need to get this out. We need to get this, we need to get this message out. We need to live our lives. Lord, reach the lost soul because we're right down to the last aspects of time. That was shared with the young people a little bit. I was reading the, the uh, Africa trip experience, but our Brandon had, and he was just giving some, some, uh, account of their trip in Africa. And I'm just, I'm, I, I don't want, I'm not, I'm going to blast here through this last little bit. Lord, help me. And, uh, And Brother Branham, he starts talking about just the the situation he had in Africa with going to, um, I have it here. angel told Brother Branham, he said, The Lord appeared to me in a vision. Don't go with them, men. And you stay right here. He said, "Go Stay here for two weeks, then go to this farm where there's a man that's going to speak tomorrow, which is Sidney Jackson. And then from there, go over to Durban and stay there for a month. But Abraham says, little did I know, it was the only place in South, in, in South Africa that didn't have segregation, so But Abraham could be speaking to everybody and not get caught up in all the situations of the land that the Satan was using against, obviously, uh, holding people in different areas. But I told my manager, and, and the man, he, and Brother, Brax, Brother Baxter said, well, will you see the National Committee? My. Well, I went to see them. Oh, my, you talk about going nuts. The only thing they know was that ecclesiastical setup." So that's, no, sir, we're not going to do it. We're going down that way. So you're saying, not happening. We're doing what the committee wants to do. I said, brethren, the Lord told me not to do it. I said, nope, I can't do that. So I just refused to do it. Listen to this. He just refused. Brother Bram saying I just refused to do it. Well, here come the car and it taking me anyhow on the road down and stop the car. I said, the Lord is telling me not to do this. And he got out of the car and he said, in the name of the Lord, we can't take this trip. It's not the Lord's will. My goodness. Oh, yes, it is. The ministers got right back at me. One of them walked up and said, Brother Brown, don't you think God speaks to somebody else besides you? I said, Korah had that idea one time when he talked to Moses. This isn't pulling any punches. The earth swallowed him up, I said. The one thing I do know is I I don't know what he has told you, but I know what he's told me. And I, after I stood there for these three or four nights, he goes, and I said, after I stood there for these three or four nights in Johannesburg, and you seen this work moving and so forth, and then mean to tell me that I wouldn't know what God said? My. He said, well, this is all up to these men. We're kind of under, and he doesn't finish the phrase, and then Brother, then Brother Bosworth he comes up. He says, and most of all, we know Brother Bosworth, a very fine Christian gentleman. He was with us. He walked over. He said, Brother Branham, I think you're wrong there. I said, oh, Brother Bosworth. I said, you'll see. And I was just so amazed, amazed. Here was the angel of the Lord present in such a visible way. We're talking now, seen realm, seeing what God is doing in such a visible way, and here these men are saying, no, 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 we got to do this, we got to do that. It's you know, know, our 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 uh, committee is telling us what to do here and what to do there. That's why God hates hates organization because it resists the moving of the Holy Spirit and what the Lord wants to do in a church or in in a body, and that restricted the Holy Spirit. And Brother Branham and all of them paid for that. For that moment, but that's why God hates it because it stops the moving of the Holy Spirit. And here I was just so struck. They were not seeing behind the veil. Here they were not seeing what God was doing and who God was, where God was at this moment in time and at this juncture in time. And they were missing, they were missing the mighty God unveiled. Before us, we're talking, let's talk our day now. He said, well, that's different years ago. No, no, no. It's present tense. I'm, ta- I'm sorry. 60 years is but a blip for God. There's not even nothing. So this is happening in our day. Don't get, don't get in time here. Don't get in, don't get locked in here. But it was the mighty angel that was unveiled and being unveiled before them right here and here they are. The angel of the Lord on present right there and here they are. No 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 we got to do this. We got to do that. And he's saying no, this is not the leading of the Lord. And no no no, no we have we have better ways to do here. And I just boggles my mind that they can be that close, that close to it. They can be right there face to face, rich young ruler face to face, that eye to eye and miss. The angel of the Lord present with them in our day. You say, well, that reaching wound is back then. No, it's right now. Right now in our day. But Abraham says, and we're just going to try and come to the end of this moment. Come, come to the end here and close this in this little part. But Abraham says, now to the perfect ministry of himself, not some... Not some denomination, as they work down through the age, but himself made manifest, manifest himself to the promise, making Luke 17, 28, Malachi 4 and so forth, Hebrews 13, just exactly right. He says, when the royal seed of Abraham is looking for the promised son, the royal seed of Abraham, that is you and me, are looking for the promised son. All the types must be fulfilled. And God himself appeared in the form of a human being to Abraham's natural seed then before the destruction. And Jesus said it would be the same thing to his royal seed before the promised son returns. Now this is penetrating with faith into the word and seeing past this temporal world and now looking into the unseen realm. Jesus said before the promised son returns again, Elohim would make himself known. His word manifested in flesh. This is what's promised for your day. This is what's right now. Right now, in our day. In this last day, right before destruction. Right before the end of time. What was in type back in Abraham is now going to happen in reality right in front of us. Have we seen the last sign? Brother Branham says, that sign of discernment, the royal seed of Abraham, let me tell you, thus saith the Lord, you're receiving your last sign. That's according to the scriptures and the revelation of God that's in my heart that speaks this is the truth. And that was God, he said, manifesting himself in the form of a man. Doing what? Revealing the thoughts of the heart. He says, thus saith the Lord, you're receiving your last sign to this world. Are we catching what's happening in that unseen realm? Naturalized and missed it. They stood right with it and missed it. And we're past this, that time when Brother Brown's ministry was here. We're past that, what 60 plus whatever years it is. I said, Lord, I know that's nothing for you. But we're past the last sign as far as his ministry on the earth. How sobering are we looking and catching what's happening and being revealed to us right in front of our eyes. If the revealing of the hearts was enough, God allowed even His glory to be viewed by the world. And I've just been pondering this, and I want to bring it up, Brother David. You have an image in the immediate bin. Um, it's just that. Yep, there we go. Yes, I don't think we see this enough. I don't know. Maybe you don't. Maybe you have it on your walls, and that's that'd be good. But I want to put this before you because if the if the discernment and the signs that God was showing Himself present. In, in, the, in, the, in the ministry, when Brother Branham was here, but that wasn't enough. God also allowed even his glory to be viewed by the world. Brother Abraham says, see the Shekinah glory when the pillar of fire, the amber light that come down that led the children of Israel, he even smoked up the temple so no one could see it. The glory of the Lord fell till it all smoked up and it became And he came came in himself, went in behind the veil, settled down in the mercy seat in the holiest of holies. Most holy place it's called, holiest of holies. And he had to be dressed a certain way and walk in. So this was in the tabernacle. And Brother Bram says, how the congregation must have envied him. Because he could go into the presence of the Shekinah glory. He could go into the presence of the almighty God. Just the high priest. He says, oh, how the congregation must have envied him and we just look at this we can look at this as a photo and i thought you know what do you think what are you looking at what are you what are you looking at are you looking at just the well it's a black and white photo you know it's interesting i see a preacher you must be saying something maybe it's oh it looks like a great preacher maybe because you know he's got a photo taken oh there's a light there's something you know some some light above his head maybe maybe i don't know is that even real you know what are you thinking what are you seeing are you using just the the eyes of man Eyes of this, this temporal realm. You say, well, brother Michael, you're just, you're just lifting up a man. No, 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 no. There was a God that stood behind the man. This is an angel to the church of Laodicea scripture. But there was another angel that stood behind that man. And that right there is your proof. He said, you might not even maybe not believe that, believe the sign, but he even gave himself to become visible, visible pillar of fire so he could stand there and i have the report standing up there based on this is this is george uh, jay lacy's report amen He said, wow you know you're you're just lifting up a photo no 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 no. i tell you if it was moses i'd be joshua and i'd be there supporting right behind him if it was elisha i'd be right beside him i know Gehazi was there maybe Gehazi had some had some had some struggles at one time so maybe not quite Gehazi, but i'd be standing right beside him amen if i was david i'd be his mighty men Amen. If it was Jesus, I'd be with Peter. I don't care what it is. I'm in this day. This is my messenger for this day. That's where I'm standing. And I'm telling you and I'm showing you God was showing himself even visible to the seen eye, even just to give you some help and then had an FBI document examiner come back and say, yep, that indeed was light striking the lens. He's not going to say, oh, that's, he didn't have a clue what it was, but he could tell you that's not Just some manipulated document. That's what the report is telling you. It's He says, to my knowledge, this is the first time in all the world's history that a supernatural being has been photographed and scientifically vindicated. That is George J. Lacey's comments. Mr. Lacey added, Reverend Branham, you will die like all other mortals, but as long as there is Christian civilization, your picture will live on. Think of it. God allowed himself to be photographed just maybe so you needed a little extra Just a little extra to see the mighty angel in this last sign to this generation and to the world. To the world. My, it strikes me. It just struck me. The pillar of fire. Can you imagine the pillar of fire was in Moses' day? And dropped down It led them by day and by night. Pillar of cloud by day, pillar of fire by night. That would have been in just, in, I can't even put it into words of what that would have been like. Surely it didn't come common to them as they hear the pillar of fire. God Almighty in a pillar of fire. All his glory there and, there, and he's actually leading them. My goodness. And then, he, then you go into Paul. The pillar of fire, it's not exactly uh, something that just is an everyday occurrence here. God just doesn't drop down like that, it just, it, super common stance. It's not happening. This was in something incredible. Here was in Moses' day, then he pulls, uh, there, uh, Paul gets knocked off his horse on Damascus. God, Brother Branham says, there he was. Uh, had the revelation, went down into Egypt three years, studied, seen God in the Old Testament was Jesus and the new, and then, and uh, Jesus of the new, the revelation. I was not a disobedient, he said, to heavenly vision. Here there was the pillar of fire coming to Paul, coming to Moses, and then God so designed that he came and says, I'm going to show myself to this last generation. They're going to get a final sign. It was himself revealing himself to us. And here he is now allowing us to see him. Even in our natural vision. I said, Lord, how gracious you are. How gracious you are. Oh, but Abraham says, oh, in this last days, that same pillar of fire speaking the same word, not only that, but interpreting it by making it manifest and proving it's the truth. So we could be certain of what we're looking at with our eyes of faith. Not, it's not something a false, unproven words of man, but it was God unveiled before us again. Amen. You can take the dumbbell, or David. You say, well, that was then. I said, no, no. It hasn't left. God, the Shekinah glory has not left. But it does take faith to see. It does take faith to see. But around says, what is this Shekinah glory today? To break beyond the veil to see who God is standing. Before You see who God is standing before us. He says, it's the pillar of fire. He's veiled in human flesh. He says, what did it do? That showbread seed, the word that we're to live on in this day by these promises, the Shekinah glory ripens that showbread and brings it to pass and makes this bread to the believer that's laid in the pages of the Bible year after year, the word for this age. That showbread, that that presence takes that, the word, this word, and it starts to ripen it. Amen? That's, sh- that pillar of fire, is presence starts ripening the word in our day, so that it becomes mature in us. Amen? That's, that's why we have to get into this word. That's why we have to get into the message, because that's where God placed His approval, that He said, this is me. I am, I am proving this word, and this is what I'm gonna ripen. It takes that to ripen this word, to show in this day, are allotted revelation but abraham says that i i have a, I have that quote here somewhere here it is right here he says look into the word that's why it's so important he said that's the very reason that jesus was not understood when he came in earth if they would have looked into the word of god instead of in their tradition of that day they would have known he was the son of god why because the bible plainly declared his full coming and he come in the full revelation of the word and each generation reveals him in, a full, in the full revelation that's allotted for that time. He said, this generation must reveal Jesus Christ. Powerful. This generation, that's you and I, must reveal Jesus Christ. He said, that's the revelation of him that's promised in the word. It must be revealed to this generation if the churches won't receive it Somebody will rise up and do it. I said, Lord, church, rise up. Give us eyes of faith to be able to see what you are doing. What, that's last and final sign. Get your eyes off this temporal world and what you're looking, what all the things and busyness of life that you're dealing with and get your eyes focused on the word for our hour and recognize that it's your faith to face. Visual, even. Visual with Jesus Christ right in our day, standing amongst us. Focus on that and rise up and be the generation that will reveal Jesus Christ. Because that's the word allotted for our day. Amen. Amen. That's just so, be- just so beautiful to me, saints. Somebody will rise up. Somebody. You be the somebody. The churches didn't receive it. They got so formal and locked into their into their creeds and their systems and all of that resisted the moving of the Holy Spirit, as we said, and God hated it. Don't be that. Don't get stuck. Let's not get formal in, in whatever we gotta be doing with this whole ridiculous COVID. But don't get stuck at home. and I sit here and now I do this and now I do that. Forget it. Scrap it. Stand up. Sing your song. Sing with some worship. Sing with some gusto. Put your arms in the air. Reach into that word. Dig into the scripture. We're not at, this is the time to rise up, Cloverdale Bible Way. Forget what's going on around this world. Rise up and take the challenge that we are the generation to reveal Jesus Christ Right now, this age, because this rapture is next stop. There's no more signs. There's no more wonders. There's no more revealings of this. Brother Brown said it's the last sign to this day and age. There's no more. So it's this left to us to rise up and take that word into my heart and into your heart and said that's my focus. That's that unseen realm that I'm penetrating to with my eyes of faith. Amen. Glory veils himself today in earth and vessels. With the Shekinah. Amen. That pillar of fire. It's not just somewhere out there. He's veiling himself inside you. He veils himself today in an earthen vessel with the Shekinah. The outside looks at a bunch of holy rollers, a bunch of badger skins, he says. But inside, inside your flesh, inside your body, you just say, I'm just a little two-bit nothing. No, no, inside you, you're veiling the Shekinah glory. That same pillar of fire is sitting inside you, Anthony. And that's when you walk day in and day out. That's why you can glorify God. That's why you can live a victorious life. Because Shekinah, unending, is all you long for. And it's residing inside of you. Amen. What a rest. What a rest to know that's that's what's guiding you. That's what's keeping you. That's what's pushing you forward. Amen. Don't miss it, saints. Don't be a centurion too late. Don't be a rich young ruler too stuck. If you got to, you'll be a thief on the cross. He said, Lord, remember me. I am deep in my sin. Be a Jonah. Maybe you're backslid, but you just praise, I know. I know there's a real God in this day and age. I know he revealed himself in flesh again. I know that mighty angel came down and that's where my prayer, oh God, I know you're real. Be that if you have to. And if you, if you already veil inside you, that's your kind of unending. You say, Lord, let me rise up and let me take on Jesus Christ and reveal you for this generation because that's my lotted time. Amen. Musicians, you can come. Saints, let's continue to be that lighthouse. Let's get this message out. Let's live our lives. But Sanjeev gave it a little testimony of young people's and he talked about a man who just lived day in, day out. Day in, day out. And a fellow in his work just kept giving him hard time. And then the man left and it was the end of his his, uh, term at the work after a long period of time of retiring. The man tried to give him some hard time again. He was just really abrasive to him through the years. And he didn't, and he just didn't ever respond. And the man says, what is it? What do you have? He says, I have Christ inside me. He says, I want that Christ. You might be, you don't have to speak a whole lot. You might not have to say a whole lot. But you embody the living word of God. And that will speak volumes wherever you go. Amen. Let's keep our eyes focused, saints. Focused on what matters. Focused on the unseen. Focused on the eternal. Amen. For our day here. Glory. Let's stand. God bless you. God bless you. God bless you. I just wish you're all here. We could just praise his name. and We could lift up his name. Glorify him and worship him. Satan, he would just like to rob us of that. I'm just so defiant against him. I really don't care what you need to do. We had a wonderful song service and after service at the camp on Sunday and just hearing you worship and hearing you praise. I've said it and I'll say it again. You continue to do that, saints in the states. You bring us into that atmosphere when you sing at the in the, in the chapel there. And you're carrying us through this, this difficult time. Don't falter. Don't step back. Your worship, your praise is a strength to the body. And I want you to continue that. Lift up your voice. Those at home, lift up your voice. We can sing. We can, God's not going to be robbed of his praise because of COVID. Not happening. Not on our watch. Not happening, devil. Not happening. Our God will receive all the glory, all the praise that he's due. Amen? And I know you do at home. I, I, I unfortunately don't get to sing as, as much as I do. Only when I come here like this, I get to sing. So bear with me as we sing a few songs. I want to worship him. Amen? With just a few people in front of me. That would be wonderful. I, I, I had a kind of couple songs that I wanted to sing, but I know I, I. Does everybody lift up your hands? Do you know the song "All That Really Counts"? All that's really true. Who knows that song? Does anybody know? No, no, just a couple of you. Oh my, it's a wonderful song by La Fontaine's. All that really counts, we won't sing it because not many people know it. All that's really true. All that really matters, Lord, is you. Everything to gain, nothing now to lose. All I ever really want, Lord, is you. I just thought, Lord, that this song just just is my prayer. Just is my prayer. Let's sing. Turn your eyes upon Jesus.
0: Oh, turn your eyes upon Jesus. Look full in one.
1: let's this as a prayer let's just sing this a few times oh sweet now turn Calmness on a troubled sea. Into a chamber, be free Holy Spirit, into
0: the chamber, be free Holy
1: Spirit, speak to me gently, as I close the door. Before we go to prayer, go into into the chair. Be free, Holy oh, spirit. Oh sweet. pray that this atmosphere is with each person tonight. Because it's so sweet around me. And we long for you, Lord. Shekinah in Lord, open eyes to see tonight. To see you, Lord, may they see you face to face. And look and pierce that around, Lord. Lord, they can sing the song into the chamber. Be free, Holy Spirit. Break, Lord, complexes. Lord, your word. We've went through much word. Anchor faith, Lord, on promises, Lord, for healing. Lord, we're not going to have dormant faith. Sitting aside, we're going to activate, Lord, what you have placed in us, Lord. There's power, Lord, in each one of your sons and daughters. So, Lord, may, Lord, our faith rise up and activate that, oh, God. May your word have gone forth. Your scripture says there will be signs following. So, Lord, that's your word. And that's scripture, and it's eternal, and it's true. So, Lord, we believe, Lord, that in each person, Lord, you will start now unfolding yourself more and more to us, Lord, In our eyes, Lord, those eyes maybe that have been closed, maybe backslidden, as Brother Brandon would say about Jonah, in the belly of a whale, but they can turn their eyes on Jesus in the depths of their situation and call on you, Lord and your promises is true meet each need visit each one Lord as we depart maybe click the button and turn off the video but may Lord as the song says Shekinah unending Lord through the days tomorrow and through the day the next day it's just unending Lord thank you Jesus bless your people we love them with an undying love, Lord. Lord, if that's us as a human, what, how much love, what a great love you love them, Lord. Bless their day tomorrow. Bless their week. May, Lord, you bless them. As we heard on New Year's, Lord, the best thing we can say, not just to say that, the best thing you can say, but Lord God, bless them, Lord. In Jesus Christ's name, we send them in your presence now. Amen. Amen. Have a wonderful week. God bless you. 10 o'clock. Don't forget. 10 o'clock. If you come 10.30, well, you'll be deep in the song service and probably at preaching. We don't want that. We want to give time to worship. Amen. God bless you. Have a wonderful night. We love you. See you next time. Amen. God bless you. God bless you. God bless you. Amen. God bless you, Brother victor. Everybody, say all your names. God bless you, Jonathan. God bless you all. Amen.